Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective for a star-filled, host-filled show. We are going to be talking about Ofcom, if I pronounce that correctly. You see, I'm from, I'm from America. Are you asking? Oh, South America, North America, Central? I'm from America. I think you know which one I'm talking about. And uh, we don't pay that close attention to the United Kingdom. But I actually, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say, I think maybe we should somewhat pay attention for the reason that England is where we came from originally. That's reason number one. Reason number two, this is the Ayn Rand Center UK, for God's sake. So <laughs> let's do it. Uh, we have with us our new, uh, one of our newest co-hosts, a man who came on board. This is a man, listen, you guys think internet stars uh, are a big deal. This guy was actually on television on multiple occasions. The man, the myth, Jonathan Honig. Great to be with you both, and so excited about the response we've gotten on Twitter and on Facebook, and part of really some of those radical and vital discussions of our time. So happy to be with you. Thank you again. And of course, we have an even bigger myth, if that's possible. The man, a man from where myths actually originate. You know, Zeus and Roxanne and all of them. He's basically like Zeus. He basically is Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Hi, everyone. Thanks for the bombastic introduction. So today we're talking about something that Ofcom did. And as we said many times, we are the original justice warriors with what actually justice means, which means justice for individual rights. So today we're going to defend the people who uh, on Britain Got Talent, did this Black Lives Matter-inspired dance, and then got in trouble with Ofcom. Now, who is Ofcom, you might ask? Ofcom is the Office of Communication, and I will read you the official title. It's so Orwellian that it speaks for itself. So, it is the government-approved, first red flag, regulatory and competition authority, second red flag, for the broadcasting, telecommunications, blah, 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 of the United Kingdom. So its role is to protect the public from harmful or offensive material. So what, why, did, why was Ofcom called to action? Because a group of people in a, in a talent show did a dance, which was that what you would expect from a, in a climate of woke social justice inspired culture. It, it, it mentioned everything from clapping to the NHS to the Black Lives Matter movement. And if you're into performance art, I'm not, I have to say it was, in terms of the skills, it was good. And, and these people definitely have talent. Yet they got into trouble because supposedly it depicted violence against the police. So if you talk about what has happened in the last summer, there was on the background some fires, and part of the dancing was the kicking of, of the seals of police who trembled and fall like a domino. Now, because whatever ridiculous thing the left does, the right needs to imitate as well, there were thousands of complaints to Ofcom saying that this was a glorified violence or something. So here was Ofcom's reply, quote, we carefully considered a large number of complaints, blah, 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 blah. Then they remind us that freedom of expression is particularly important for them. That's a lie, but anyway. 
Then it says, the whole business of freedom of expression. That's all they do. That's all they do indeed. That's what their business is. And yet, here they are. So, the, and then they say, any depictions of violence by the performance were highly stylized and symbolic of recent global events. And there was no explicit reference to any particular political organization. So my question is this. So if there was a particular uh, reference to any organization, then Ofcom would have a say to, put, to find them. Or if, if violence was not, quote, highly stylized, if it was lightly stylized, what would that mean? Would this mean that uh, the group, which I think was called diversity, would have to pay a fine? And by the way, the fine goes to the treasury, to the government. So to finish my introduction, for me, Ofcom is the definition of censorship. Censorship at what it is specifically. A government body that tells you what you are allowed and what you're not allowed to do. And if you cross the line, which is completely subjective and non-objective, then you have to pay fine. So in this case, we're with diversity. So yay for diversity for not paying a fine. Although I'm not looking forward to patronizing their art anytime soon, but that's completely relevant. This would be the decision of me and not of what Ofcom tells us. So gentlemen, comments. <laughs> well, first of all, I would pay money not to see an interpretive dance based on the Black Lives Movement. So I would, if I saw that on TV, I would turn it off just because it doesn't interest me. But Nikos, thank you for identifying this as censorship. You know, here in the States, I don't know, I, I certainly won't speak for Raka, but you know, the idea of government really passing judgment on ideas, it is still, thankfully, a little bit anathema, although we see a little bit of it coming in. Um, but, you know, the, the, the very notion that governments in the business of judging what's good and what's bad ideas is, is ridiculous. And uh, I think you're right to identify that as censorship. Look, if you get deplatformed from Facebook or whatever, that's not censorship. That's a restaurant owner saying, look, get out of my bar or get out of my house. But when government, as you said, government comes in with a gun, that's what it is. And it says, we didn't like that dance. Give me $10,000 or whatever they want. That is censorship on its face. And I think that's really important distinction to make. It's just, it's so strange still, I don't know, Rucka, and Rucka, you've been at the middle of a lot of this because you do, controversy is what you do. Yeah, and also, uh, unlike you, I enjoy watching black expression in art. But listen, these things all need to be privatized. I know that was uh, that was a under the bus thrust. But um, I mean, all of this needs to be privatized first and foremost. Is it going to be easy for these companies to figure out where the line is? Certainly not. And at times, we might see companies get so sensitive to their image and PR that they actually end up more sort of conservative in their expression, that is more strict with expression than an actual dictatorship. But that is still not using force. I just mean they would be very, very, very strict with what they allow uh, to, to, be, to be expressed on their platform or on their stage. But these things need to be private. Let the companies figure out, let the private citizens decide. And the line sometimes will be difficult and people will challenge it. You know, people like me will come along and say, oh, where's the line? Okay, I'm going to get as close as I can to that line and start to act like I'm about to tip over and then pull back and, 
and sort of uh, allude to the to crossing the line without crossing it. And some people will play that same game with bad purposes. That is, uh, when I, you know, when I do it, it's okay. But when they do it, many times they're actually they're actually trying. They're actually sorry. Hold on, let me finish. Uh, a, a lot of people um, they do actually use satire or expression as a way to promote evil ideas. Whereas obviously we know what I believe because I'm on this show several times a week. Um, but the point is we need, um, we need these things to be privatized. So it's already a sticky enough situation when, when people try to find that line between art and pornography or uh, comedy versus um, propaganda. Um, it's already sticky enough, but when the government is involved with it, when we have a government owned or government controlled stage slash platform, it's impossible. It's literally impossible. So England, you know, try to catch up. Okay, can I pose though the difficult question here? So when a child or a young person reaches that stage in life where they say, I'm gonna support the free market and freedom. There are three questions that are blocking the way. The first question is, who is gonna build the roads? The second question is, how are you not going to end up with eight-year-old going to the grocery store and buying heroin? And the third question is, how are we going to make sure that, for example, on TV, you're not going to have hardcore pornography on, a national, on national TV at three o'clock in the afternoon? Or again, where is the line? What if you have, for example, the torture of animals? Or what if you have a anime child pornography so technically you say it's video animation no one's rights is uh, violated so haha libertarians nothing to worry about here right so these are whoa, the whoa, usual whoa. you don't think can i interrupt you don't think a ch a, a, the right of a child is violated by engaging a child in he said animated he said animated animated oh. yeah so so no real people yeah, I'm making, I'm making the caricature case that, so even Rothbard, for example, would say, yeah, okay, you know, there's no one's rights are violated. But still, people would understand that something is wrong there. Like, even if no one is actually, so you don't depict live, let's say, real murder, but mm -hmm. you depict horrendous stuff on, on, on screen. So the question is then, how, how could you, quote, protect uh, not how could you protect the viewers if you don't have a regulatory body to make sure that these things don't happen? Well, um, first of all, you mentioned Rothbard and you said even Rothbard would be okay with animated, you know, CP. I think Rothbard, he, he actually allows, he says parents should be allowed to starve their kids because no force is being used and we may not force the parent to feed the child. So, I'd, I think uh, fair to say that Rothbard would be okay with actual distribution of actual exploited children in media. But, uh, oh, okay, You're, we got a Rothbard guy here. Oh, really? Anyway, that's, another, that's another discussion. Okay, well, we need, to, we need to bookmark this for a serious discussion we need to have. We may make sure we know who we're dealing with. No, um, but, 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 but let me pass it to Jonathan with the uh, introduction saying these are difficult questions, some of them. It, where, how exactly the law of protecting individual rights. Don't sneak children in because the minute you sneak children in, there's, because children are not autonomous adults capable of making their own decisions. Now, 
you know, I think actually, Rucka, you hit on it from the get-go because Nikos, as I understand it, the problem is, is that this interpretive dance about Black Lives Matter was on a, a TV station. So it's on a government-owned station. So all, right? That's no, exactly. it wasn't. The problem was that it depicted violence. So the idea was that the viewer was not protected from violence. So what I'm asking is, if there are no rules, what if someone shows violence 24-7 or porn 24-7 or the most horrible stuff in the world, which technically it's legal, but yet you wouldn't want your kids to watch at three o'clock in the afternoon? I, I, it's always so funny that status fear that they need to protect people from themselves. You know, they need to protect people from their own decisions. I mean, all that stuff you described, Nikos, it's available now. You don't have to look too far. It's a freaking Google search away. When I see stuff I don't like, I turn it off. And some, I mean, I'm rarely, rarely outraged enough to actually make, you know, and, and, and you know, I don't, I don't mean to make Ruck part of it, but he's a great example. I mean, Ruck, as you said, you often push that line. There's some people's cup of tea, but you're not everyone's cup of tea. And you know what? You might even say if a parent says, I don't want you watching Rucka until you're 18 or something, you might say, hey, kid, look me up when you're 18. Uh, you know, but you're not everyone's cup of tea. But I always appreciate that. I appreciate that I get to make those decisions, not OPAR, OF, not OPAR, OFAR, what's it called? OFCOM. <laughs> Oh, which is actually a, a privately owned channel. I'm getting word from uh, Lord Emperor behind the scenes. It's a no, privately yes, owned. The show was the show was uh, was so the show was on a private channel. But the fact, even if you're a private radio or anything, you need to have the license of Ofcom. So mm. and also, if for people who don't know, at the beginning of the pandemic, not at the beginning, some months ago, Ofcom even intervened. For example, on London Real that had David Icke, the guy with the conspiracy theories. Now, he's not our cup of uh, cake or whatever the phrase is. We don't like the guy. Yet, the question is, by what standard can Ofcom tell us what is acceptable knowledge or not? There is no standard. The, sorry? There is no standard. They're, make, they're making up as, it's like a weather vane. It just goes with the public. No? Yeah, well, and actually, think, ab think about the masks, for example. If someone was saying in April that we should all wear masks, the, the, the allowable opinion back then was, no, masks do not, are, are not that useful. Or, you know, it, there are various arguments against masks. Now this has shifted completely. Or back in the day, if you, if you dare to say Sweden is doing something right, you were... Uh, how is it called? You were you were for eugenic experiments in uh, in whatever, and now people say, yeah, maybe you know Sweden is good. So there are three there are two problems. A, there cannot be objective rules on what is acceptable or not. But even if they were, the government should have no say. But since I threw the difficult question, I think I should try to challenge to 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 deal with it. Well, so what would happen? What if it's hardcore porn on TV? What do we do? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. And my, my answer is if someone, if someone wants to put hardcore porn at 2 p.m., it's your, in a way, and you have children in home, you need to make sure that they don't access it because now they can access it at any time, for example, on the internet. So why should the solution be 
too. And again, because many people are stupid and they won't get it. I'm talking about legal stuff. I'm not talking about showing videos from, I don't know, ISIS doing uh, torture. That's why I mentioned the animated stuff, which technically is legal. But still, your child can access this on the internet. Is this a good argument to regulate the internet? And if yes, by what standards? What if, for example, me, Jonathan and Raka find enjoyable watching 24 hours a day Leonard Peikoff's lectures? And then the religion is going to say, no, 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 this is more harmful for a child's right. mind than, right. let's say, pornography. Therefore, ban uh, Leonard's Peikoff channel or whatever. So you see, this would never end. So either you support rights to the end, which means if you don't harm someone's rights, let it happen. We can morally condemn it, and that's why we're better than the libertarians. We just don't say, oh, it's your right, you know, yay for porn. We can morally condemn it. We can campaign against it. We can try to quote morally, morally, morally cancel it. But that's as far as it goes. Uh, can I get a word in? Um, yeah. I think, well, first of all, I think like th there are laws against selling uh, liquor, cigarettes, and when drugs are legalized, drugs and pornography to, y to the young. Of course. Um, and I think... Um, and I think rightfully so. I'm not a legal scholar, but I can, I can see why those laws are on the books and I can, under, I can conceive that they should remain on the books. And, and this is an unpopular opinion, but I, I, can, um, I can contemplate that maybe the government should require, let's say, porn websites to require you to show ID the same way that they do at the store before you buy pornography. I can, I'm saying it's possible. It's not, it would not devastate the liberty of the individual to say, look, if you're going to consume pornography, you need to prove that you're over 18. Um, and then uh, the questions, uh, you, the hypotheticals, uh, Nikos, you said that people ask, oh, if we have liberty, who's going to pave the roads? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Well, I think you're lumping in together things like who's going to pay for the roads or what's going to stop corporations from uh, exploiting people or I get broadcasting pornography at two in the afternoon. Once these things are privatized, I think we would actually see how the market deals with a lot of these, these things. There's a reason that Jonathan couldn't use uh, hateful words or curse words when he was on Fox News because they're, they're, they're adverti they had advertisers and they have a company image and it is against their ethos to swear on the air, even though it was cable TV. So they, they can legally get away with it. It's like, you know, it's like they could, Nikos, they could show a station could show hardcore pornography, but they're going to make more money showing down to you. You know, it's just, it, 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 you know, it kind of, the assumption is that we need these government minders. And I, again, I appreciate you and Ruff going back to this idea of like, you know, this is government getting involved here. This is not a private business saying, I want to show this or show that. And the government is going to, it should not be in the business of ideas at all. And the fact that this is kind of baked into life in Europe is, really, I don't know, it's kind of anathema to us in America, who I think still, even despite today's climate, have a sense of like free speech, you know, free speech. It just doesn't exist in Europe. It, it, it definitely does not. But the problem is that if we don't have a proper understanding of free speech, soon it's not going to also exist in the US. And Jonathan, you mentioned something very important, I think, before the show. You mentioned conservatives and how they don't get what free speech is. So when I hear a conservative trying to regulate Twitter, they don't understand that this is censorship. 
Twitter kicking out Milo is not censorship. It might be intolerance, bad, immoral. What, it's not censorship. Whereas what they are doing, where they are tagging Trump on Twitter, and they say, do something, you're literally asking the government to intervene on the decisions around a company's or an individual's free speech. It is my right, in the same way that it is my right to propagate Peacock's ideas, it is my right not to have Milo in my platform. And if, you, if they don't understand that, then they're not fit to defend Brother, free speech. Do you agree with that? Because you've probably been deplatformed in your, in your career. You know, I mean, you've been kind of hurt in some ways by big media censorship. What is your take on that? Well, you know, more money, more problems. So, you know, take it, take all of it away. That's, you know, I'm from the streets and that's right where I belong. Um, no, look, uh, look, without, without property rights, without intellectual property rights, without Silicon Valley being left uh, relatively unregulated to produce, I would never have had the opportunities that I enjoy. And, um, if we are in a place where the uh, where the the social media companies are giving me the boot or giving anyone else the boot, we can point to two things: a, the values in the culture. If the culture feels that you know certain things are unacceptable speech, then we're going to see that reflected by major corporations. And b, of course, most importantly, we live in a partially free economy. So, even as free as Silicon Valley is compared to other industries we're still only getting a fraction of what's possible to get out of them technology-wise. And we ought to be enjoying a much higher standard of living with many more options and many more opportunities to make lots of money and enjoy a good life if we had unregulated finance, unregulated medicine and food and all of that. So um, I would say it's, uh, it's the fact we're in a mixed economy that uh, holds, holds back guys like me in more ways than meet the eye. So, we're in favor of an unregulated economy, but we're also in favor of a regulated time frame for the show, which means that we need to call it a day. So, Raka, Jonathan, thank you very much, and we will see you all soon. Bye-bye.